two, one. Yeah, we ready right now. It's about time. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is your boy, DT. We got Kayla in the building. This is Command Time with Kayla and DT. But now we're going to have to update the show now. Introducing our brand new co-host who is now joining the show and joining the crew is my boy, Caleb. For those that know Kayla, Kayla is well-known around Twitter as a Commanders fan and speaks in a lot of the national spaces such as Sports After Dark and Litterbox and stuff like that. So, Caleb, welcome to the squad, bro. Appreciate y'all for having me. You know, I'm ready to get into this, man. Let's let's get cooking on here, man. Let's, let's get the cooking, y'all. Yeah, yeah. So um, a lot of stuff has um happened this offseason so far, obviously. Um Romvera is now gone, and in comes Dan Quinn. Uh Dan Quinn is uh a guy that you know a lot of people, you know, probably was fourth or fifth on a lot of people's list, but Despite all the facts, you know, with the, the whole Ben Johnson thing and Mike Madonna, he he turns out to be one of the key guys that this regime um, points out to as to be the, the next commander's head coach. So, you know, this is your first time on the show. Let's. What are your thoughts on Dan Quinn being the guy leading the Washington commanders with Adam Beers being tied to the hip? Um, first thoughts, you know, we all uh, wanted a particular person. You know, I feel like uh, us Commanders fans, we're always used to the to the big splash, the big name hiring. So we was like, oh, yeah, Ben Johnson, come here. Let's get it. So it's different when you got Dan Quinn coming in. It's like, ah, this is a little weird. It's a little weird. We're not used to that. We're used to the big name stuff. That That's that, that's that Dan Snyder stuff that we're just so used to. So when you get Dan Quinn, it's like, okay, I didn't like it. I'm like, oh, God, man, I don't know. But then when you actually decompress, you sit up, sit, think about it, you do your research, one, the defense is going to get better. No question. I mean, the, the defense better get better. We will last in the league. <laughs> you can't get, get no worse. It better get better. It's not, it's not even a debate. The, the defense will get better. Um, he's in a more stable environment, you know, the right structure, the GM, assistant GM, president, all that stuff. All you gotta do is do his job. You don't gotta worry about picking players. You don't gotta worry about um, just doing. He can just focus on the team itself. Whereas who we had here in Ron, he had to do everything, which wasn't the best ideal scenario. So, um, and like the more research I did, what Falcons fans told me, he's gonna bring in the staff. And like we've seen already, staff is pretty pretty damn good. Pretty damn good. I'm not gonna lie. Um, pretty good. We're gonna talk about that later, but staff is pretty good, man. I'm I'm very, very little little optimistic, but learn my lesson from the past. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Let's see what happens. Trust the process. Trust the process. Mm-hmm. Yes, um wise words right there. So let's go ahead and, and get to it. So um with Dan Quinn. Um, being now the head coach, we know that he has a large surplus of experience in the National Football League, also in the college ranks. And so far, 
what we've seen, and it just finished today, it finalized today with the assistant uh, special team coach. The coaching staff is now complete. Um, very, very impressive staff we have seen. Probably the best staff I have seen since probably, you know, I don't want to say it. Don't want to say his name. We we know Mike Shanahan crew. Despite we didn't know the potential that that crew had, but looking at those names, we see they're all head coaches, and you see a lot of guys with head coaching experience, uh, great resumes, a lot of experience coaching uh, certain positions. That, yes, most definitely. So let's let's talk about this. So Cliff Kingsbury is now the offensive coordinator for the Washington Commanders who got pried away from the Las Vegas Raiders with uh, a little bit of, a little bit of magic um, across somebody's forehead. So Kayla, um, Cliff Kingsbury, well known for his days in college, Texas tech, notable names such as Patrick Mahomes, David Webb, Baker Mayfield, uh, Case Keenum and Johnny football quarterback whisperer. So haps comes in the NFL, Put up decent numbers, um, you know, had Kyler Murray, but we know the uh, the slope of him as a head coach. They were kind of up and down. What What are your thoughts, and you, Caleb, as well, about Cliff Kingsbury being the play caller instead of the head man in Washington? Yeah, so for me, I'm excited when we got Cliff because, one, knowing we got Dan Quinn, who's a defensive guy, the one thing we needed to nail, two things for me, was offensive line coach and offensive coordinator. We have to build that foundation there. And I was okay with Cliff in Arizona. Everybody's not a leader of men, and that's okay. And he's there to design plays and work around the evolving offenses in the NFL and in colleges and to develop quarterbacks. And that's what I want on my team. doesn't matter if you, you fail as a head coach, do what you do well and thrive at that. And I believe we needed somebody young in, the, in, in that group as well. So I think it will, I think it'll work out in any direction we go in. But originally, we got him. I was excited before his press conference. I was excited in the direction of the offense. Yeah, for me to piggyback off what Kayla said, um, my only thing that I want to see from Cliff is I have no issue with how the offense will be run. The history shows itself that his offense works. Now the question is, can you? Uh, what have you learned away from the game? Since you've been away from the NFL, what have you learned? Have you have you addressed your weaknesses? Have you grown as a play caller? Have are you going to um, <clears throat> just adjust on the fly? I mean, he said that in the press conference, but you know, Commander fans, we're just we're used to to the words per se. We want to see action. Okay. So our coaches always say we're going to do this, this, and that. It's like, okay, what's going on? So for for me, my only thing is, can he adjust? Because people know what the NFL typically knows what he likes to run. However, now he has a plethora of people behind him. You got Anthony Lynn, who used to be offensive player caller, he's gonna be a run game coordinator. He's gonna insert probably some formations. That's like, okay, Cliff can say, okay, hmm, never did this before. Let's let's try this out. Same thing with Brian Johnson, even though his stint as an OC wasn't good per se with Philly. I mean, they they still scored points, but it wasn't to the aspect of what we known Philly to be uh, when they went to on that Super Bowl run. So just me, how is he going to adapt to what these coaches are telling him? Can he grow? Can he, you know, have some finesse throughout this season? In the three years, he's going to be here. Um, I'm glad they've gotten OC that 
most likely I don't think will be a head coach again. So that's that was a wise move by them, in, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. So let's also talk about that part. I think that's very interesting that um, Brian Johnson, uh, he gets hired as the passing game coordinator after his first year in Philly as the play caller. Then you have a guy like Anthony Lynn, well-respected, um, very well-known with the running game, has elevated some running backs that have great career years, um, even in the likes of Las Vegas, not even Las Vegas, uh, the, the Chargers. So I'm thinking for Cliff, him having those two guys to to take majority of the weight off of him, in a sense, to to add some concepts to to marriage the run game and some passing game concepts NFL wise to his offense for whoever the quarterback that's going to be wherever it is uh, the top three guys that we've been talking about consistently on Twitter or even a guy like Sam Howe who has experience in this offense in college with Phil Longo, but I think in having those two guys with a Cliff Kingsbury will will take the pressure off of him and help him marry some things that he wasn't able to do consistently with the Arizona Cardinals. And also I do want to bring a little bright spot into the coaching staff as well. That's a little bit underrated that I help on that side of the ball. The quarterback coach, David Blau, former quarterback, everywhere he's went, everybody talk about how smart he is, how he's in tune with film. I think that'd be a good addition on that staff as well. So whatever quarterback we get. So if we was to get no, do you? It's a lot of it's a lot of guys that have worked with quarterbacks, even guy like Lynn. Do you think there are too many cooks in the kitchen? Because we we seen with last year uh, with the Panthers, uh, you know Bryce Young. They we thought they had a a great staff on paper, but there was a lot of internal issues where it's led multiple play-calling uh, resonations from between Thomas Brown and Frank White. Uh, Frank White gets fired. Thomas Brown gets it. He's the one catching majority of the strays, and he has to go all the way back. And he was once before a, a up-and-rising offensive mind. And you look at what's going on with Bryce Young in Carolina, um, some of that is on the personnel, but it also could be on the coaches. Do y'all think it might be too many cooks in this kitchen? So, so I've actually thought about this question. I think yes and no. So when I stand, I think at first it will be a little bit of a conflict with the players, new team, all these coaches coming in. But I think over time, these are all professional coaches. Most of them had been experienced in the NFL. And one thing that they have all talked about with our management is being collaborative. So I think with them being collaborative with each other, I don't think it's going to be as bad early on. I do think it may be a little bit of, different ideas going around but I think as the season goes on I think it's going to be a, a good a good group of coaches to coach this team they're not going to think about anything else but winning and trying to get the best product on the field collaboratively I, I really think that's all up to Dan Quinn um, he brought these people in here for a reason so he at the end of the day he's the head coach whatever um, whatever progress we have um, whatever the result is, he's responsible for. So people are going to be looking at him. He's, he's, you're the head coach. Like I said, you've interviewed these guys. These guys, we, they, like I, I said this in the space before, this team should have one message 
um, to every player. I don't give different players mixed signals, especially with the quarterback position. Everybody has to be on accord together. You have to be selfless a little bit. You know, as a coach and staff, you got to be selfless. You got to understand the mission. I hope these coaches understand the mission here that um, this team, we're, they're trying to win. They're trying to win. Um, and they got to do whatever it takes. If you got to take a back seat, so be it. At the end of the day, the results are going to be favorable for you. You know, if you have a little sacrifice as far as what you bring to the table. But all these coaches, all these coaches here, they bring something to the table, I think, that can be very helpful. I think there's three people on that staff that are former head coaches. And that's another thing, too, I forgot to mention. Um, I'm, I'm really, really curious to see what Dan Quinn has learned, what Cliff has learned. Uh, you, you can say even Anthony Lynn or even the offensive line coach, who I know we'll talk about later. I'm not a big fan of it, but hopefully they can learn something from what they've gone through in the past. And different situations are different for different people. Sometimes mm-hmm. you, sometimes you got to go somewhere else. It's going to help you grow and it give, give you a new understanding of what you had to improve on or what are, you, you know, just improving your strengths too as well. Mm, interesting. So you already mentioned it. So for those that don't know, uh, Bobby Johnson is – now the commander's offensive line coach coming from the Giants. And this was uh this is probably the one pickup that I think everybody can agree was uh kind of a head scratcher. Um there were talks about uh Popovich uh coming from the Texans, but the Texans saw their value in him and gave him an extension for what he's done work with the Houston Texans online. So Bobby Johnson, this is another guy from the NFC East opponent. And very mixed, very mixed about him because from the videos and the things I have seen, he, he looks like those guys that are motivated or men able to look like he can get the best techniques out of his guys, but it, it just didn't work in New York. Now, in all fairness, though, we can honestly possibly say the Giants offensive line has not been good for a very, very long time from the people I have talked to. They've been building that line since Eli Manning has left. Um, And last year they were, if I'm not mistaken, top five in sacks allowed as well as us. But there there are some some bright spots, I would say. I mean, as as talented as Andrew Thomas is, he he didn't become all pro until – Bobby Johnson is now it could be because he stayed healthy or it maybe could be he got some advice and some techniques from Bobby Johnson who came from the Buffalo Bills but also on the other side of it they drafted Evan Neal uh, in the top 10 and so far he has not lived that expectation and the interior is still a problem for the Giants and you look over here with the offensive line we had we were once at least a top 10 offensive line on paper with the veterans and the young guys we had. But now, um, right now, it's only looking like one guy should deserve to be a starter. And possibly four starters could be on this offensive line this offseason. We'll we'll wait and see, um, especially um, post-June 1 after the draft. But how much of this is going to be big for Bobby Johnson to – get that Giants label off of himself, guys. 
Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and start it off with Bobby Johnson. Wasn't my top pick. I was excited that they were looking to get a better offensive line coordinator and the other team just paid him more. But um, all respect to him. But with Bobby Johnson, I went back to look a few of his videos. He's very interactive with the players on the field with the offensive line, as in Buffalo and with New York. And he's not just not out there just yelling stuff for them to do. I know he did struggle with the Giants. And another thing I do want to point out is with this team, they noticed it probably wasn't the best candidate. So they did get an offensive line um, coach as well, an assistant offensive line coach as well to assist him in that. But to me, this is going to be one of the biggest points in this offseason because our offensive line has to get better. No ifs, ands, or buts. Yeah. Um, I do think getting that assistance office of line coordinator from the college rank was pretty good. He had Osiris Torrance. So I think that he will mesh well with um, Bobby Johnson. Yeah, for me, um, you look at the history. Uh, he was with the Colts, his first stint. Uh, he wasn't an offensive line coach, but he worked under that offensive line. They were ranked third in the league. Um, went to the Bills. They were top twenty, which is which is pretty good. I think at one point they were fourteenth, uh, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Anybody listening, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure one year they were top fifteen for sure. Then you went to the Giants. It's just bad both years, thirtieth and thirtieth. Um, there's different factors that can go into that. Um, just talking to one of my <laughs> talking to one of my friends back home, I said, I don't I don't like this. I don't like it. He said it doesn't it doesn't bother me that much only because for one the players that the Giants could draft on the line they could be just mid or they could be bad injuries they had a guard playing tackle that's not sustained success their center got hurt um, they got hurt around week four I think uh, they tried to do the the Philly the Philly um, push and they all got hurt like literally three of their offensive linemen got hurt because they tried to do that and everybody's not built to do that so you got guards playing tackle you got makeshift you, you got makeshift line. you got Andrew Thomas being hurt so John's fans saying they laughing at us you know but as an O-line coach there's only so much you can do I guess where you have to put your hands you got to put your hands here and if you can't do it you can't do it like just the way it is. Sometimes players don't got it. Um, Something else that uh, we have to realize as fans too, sometimes the players can be just bad. And sometimes the coaches, you know, the coaches are doing their job. Sometimes the players are just bad. So some people put a lot of blame on a coach. Some people put a lot of blame on a player. But at that point, at that point, if you notice that a player is bad, when do you step in as a coach to see if there's something a little bit better to help out your team? Well, you got to do it before it happens. That's that's what you call self-awareness. That's something our last coach didn't have. Um, they said Dan Quinn has that. And um, he even said that – he even admitted that on a on a radio show I listened to uh, a couple of weeks ago. He said, uh, I went – after what I did in Atlanta, I went back and asked him, what could I have done better? All these coaches have to do that. I'm, I'm praying they do. Everybody in that room has to understand this is what we have to do to get better. Everybody here has experience. A lot of people on this staff are, have won Super Bowls. They've won Super Bowls, literally. They've been a part of staffs that have won Super Bowls. So it has had sustained playoff success either. Yeah. So, you know, 
just you just got to get the right players, man. Um, and it's not going to happen overnight. That's one one thing I want this fan base to know. It's not going to happen overnight. It's definitely not going to happen overnight. So, that being said, though, I think one thing that can help a guy like Bobby Johnson is having um, – and I, I talked to Heavy, Young Heavy, on um, Red Zone and Lab Podcast about what can Lynn do with helping a guy like Bobby Johnson with some of the offensive line issues that we have had in the past and what we can do to minimize some of the – the things that could happen with a air raid like offense. And I think that's very essential. I think that's one big reason why Lynn is going to be as important as a lot of people would think, because him marriaging the run game and the passing game, it, it can help shore up some of the deficiencies on the offensive line. Um, you know, like a guy like Wiley or like Stromberg, who's going to be learning his ropes in another offense again. Um, I think, that is going to be very important because you're talking about slide protections. You're talking about um, blitz pickup, um, combo blocking, how you want to block in this air raid offense. Um, that's, I think that's going to be very huge um, for what Bobby Johnson and Lynn can come up with to protect the offensive line and protect the uh, QBX coming up this year. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, the running game, like I said, the running game can help a quarterback. The running game can help the offensive line. I mean, Cliff already said it in, the, in his press conference. Um, people think he's just going to run the air raid. He's like, no, 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 not doing that. Dan Quinn said the same thing. Joe Way said the same thing. You think you're going to play the Dallas defense. We're not, like, trust me, no. <laughs> that's, that's, that, that's not happening. So it's going to be interesting this year what they do. They – these coaches may do the complete opposite of what we think they're going to do. We, we damn sure thought that way with EB. We did, but you know, that's a, that's a different story, but um, <laughs> we've, we've, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting, man. I, I really want to see what these coaches have learned um, throughout their time away from the game. And, you know, I really want to see, and with that being said, how do you feel about what players do you think on offense can work in the air rate in Cliff's new version of air rate run pass ratio? Terry easily, Terry easily, easily, easily. Um, you go and look at that Arizona offense. What they're going to, they, they're still going to run some of those plays for sure. Consistent go balls. Go ball, go ball, go ball. Maybe a slant every now and then. Go ball, go ball. RPOs. Terry exceeds in that. That's his game. He's no. We we've literally talked about this on the app. He had. He's one of the best contested receivers in the league. He's. They're going to throw him go balls. You literally cannot press Terry. You can't press him. One of his most underrated features to his game is how strong he is at the point of the catch. Um, he a little bit of a, of a body catcher. It's cool, but, you know, you st- still catch the ball. Um, yeah. He's going to thrive in that. Um, the only thing is um, he, he's, he's always been healthy, so I have no issues or concern that he'll miss a game. I think he's only missed two games in four years. So he's definitely an NFL Ironman type of guy. Um, I'm really curious to see what we do with uh, – with Brian Brian Robinson, I think Brian Robinson would thrive. 
For and sure. I would like to see them use um, Jahan in a slot. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, yeah. That, that's the person I said I think is going to take the beat league because his versatility, his route running. Um, if you look at some of the offenses that Cliff has had, now they they might be a, a little bit more explosive yards at the catch, but um, Jahan, he can make that cushion because he's so good at the top of his routes. And we've seen even his best game against Philadelphia. You saw what he can do when he's moved all over the place. And I think you're going to get that type of production consistently in this type of offense with the right quarterback. And so I think Terry and um, Jahan are going to have a surplus production from this offense. And, um, you know, we, we know about Curtis, but Curtis is um, – So either they bring Curtis back and he could be used a little bit better. I mean, he had the best year in um, EB's offense, but I still felt like he's not he being used, used more. Like and, he's using the backfield a little bit. To, to add to that point, um, just look at the way he used Christian Kirk and now he used Rondell Moore. Go back and look and see what that offense did under them. I, I think Jahan will have that type of He's going to get those type of routes, but I, but Brian Robinson, damn sure will th- I'm, he will damn sure thrive. You're running spread. The box is going to be weak. You're, and one thing about Cliff, he likes to pass, but he but he will run the ball if he has to, and especially in the red zone. And what and, we've seen from Brian Robinson this year, he's probably going to improve on it as well. He has been able to catch balls out of the backfield. There's one game he pretty much went off just by catching balls out of the backfield. Yeah, yeah. He especially in the red zone, he's going to get those touches. And and I would be really curious to see in the red zone, you they may go shotgun. They they may do three wide receiver sets. Say, okay, you want to have a light box? Bet. Let's do it. Run the run the ball. And Brian Robinson will he will break some tackles. He will do that. He's going to get a lot of. He's going to give a lot of. He may. He I may see have, Rodriguez developing. Yeah, that that too. I, I will like him too. But he may have. Brian Robinson may have double digit touchdowns next year. Way that too early. Perry's best touchdown season. Yeah, way too early prediction. Yeah. Well, Brian Robinson may have ten plus tutties. He may. I'm not going to say the number, but I do think it may be Terry's best touchdown season. I would like okay. that too. We already get into the uh, predictions and stuff, but um, I said too I, early. I said too early. Too early. I, said I said too early. early. Don't quote me. Whoever listening, don't, don't quote me. No numbers, don't quote but I, me. I feel like it may be. I I do think I do think the numbers will be better. Um, you can only go up from what we had last year, and from the past two years, not just last year. The past two years, but also. I just, I just think the coaches, the, the the coaches that you have, they're going to put these guys in the best position to make plays. Um, no more of being, I mean, to, at least to my knowledge, I don't think we're going to be as anemic, but I still think we're going to still have a long way to get some of the pieces that we need. But it's, I think it's going to be way better because they they're going to identify their strengths, their weaknesses, what they can do, what they can't do, and they're going to use their skill sets to their best advantages against opposing teams. So that's enough for the offense. Let's go ahead and talk about the defense, though, because that's that's going to be 
as much as we talk about Cliff Kingsbury and this offense and the number two pick, Joe Witt Jr. One more um, thing before we move past the offense. So next week is the combine. So what's one offensive player y'all are looking at in the combine before we move over to the defense? Quarterback. What player? Like a a guy that's not really people not talking about. Not saying no name, no. Go get your guy. Quarterback. Next. Your turn, Caleb. Uh, I'm not going to go with the most default answer. I would say – I'm not even going to say lineman. You know what? I'm going to say tight end. Damn it, I told y'all Negroes last offseason that we need a flipping tight end. I told y'all. Y'all didn't want to listen to me. We didn't even use the ones we had on the roster. Fine, but still. We need one. I know. We definitely need one. We, it, but... it's, it, it's, it's fine. We, we, we can evaluate everything. But get a flipping tight, tight end. Yes, get get a flipping tight end. Jata- I don't. We're not getting Brock Bowers, Jatavian Sanders, kid that I like, Kansas I like State. Jeanette. Yes, yes. Slim, <laughs> I don't care what you say. We need a tight end. We need some. If you're not going to get, this is my thing, DT. This is my thing, Caleb. I would like to add a big body receiver to this wide receiver room. All of our wide receivers are six foot under. We need to get a receiver that can win balls at the you know, that yeah that, that can get jump balls. We, we need that. Like, like a Michael Pittman. Physical. Yeah, like a Mike, a Mike Pittman, a Mike Evans, no, t- like or t- a Brian t- Thomas Jr. Yeah, yeah, physical so, receiver. Something like that. We we need that. But if you're not going to get that, then go and get you a tight end that can do the same thing. So that's like, your gotta, best friend. A guy that can create separation. A guy that can block, you know, Cole Turner. So my answer for that, for going into the to combine next week, one of my surprise player on offense for them to look into. I'm going to go. She said tight end. So I'm going to go ahead and say big body receiver. Okay. You got a Donai Mitchell, six foot four. Um, that's guy. That's a guy that I, if they pick a, a wide receiver with one of I like Brian Thomas though, but I don't. He won't. He won't be there, Kayla. I know we're not getting him. He won't be there. Okay, you can go ahead and move forward to the defense, DT. I just, I just got one thing to say. Um, I do agree with Kayla, man. Like, I think this offseason, you you might need to come out with with, with two tight ends. Uh, I'm thinking of Noah Fant. Um, yep. I think he's incredibly been underutilized with his skill set. Um, I'm not saying he has to be like his counterparts, George Kittle and them, but I think he could be productive in this offense. And then you get a running mate with him. Um, and John Bates is a solid wide block and tight end. Um, I think you need to get a guy like Fan and draft your tight end to go with this offense. And let's see, but. Really, outside of quarterback, I'm I'm gonna be more interested, man, in really the the tackles because we we have a high chance of after the first round probably getting uh probably what's left over one of the tier one and probably tier two tackles. Maybe a guy like I'm praying prayer Tyler Garden falls in the second round or like Chris Paul's brother Patrick. Paul. <sighs> 
I gotta see more. I gotta see more of Patrick. Um, <laughs> I, think I think he's okay, but there are some things that he kind of does the same thing like his brother. That kind of concerns me. But um, it's a, it's a solid offensive line class, and it's no way in the world you can't fix this O line in definitely one year. Go late in a round, late in the draft and pick up some studs too in the offensive line that got from Howard. HBCU Bowl had a few products yesterday as well. There's definitely some depth on the offensive line um, in this draft. But you can go ahead and go forward with the defense. Yeah, so uh, Joe Witt Jr. is now going to get his opportunity um, as first-time defensive coordinator for Washington Commanders. You listen to his speech, listen to his first press conference. Uh, guy was just spitting out the right information for us and really – Really excited because this is a person that you would think he doesn't know a lot about the players, but he he identified a couple of players uh, like a Forbes and Quan Monin. Obviously, you know, they do the, the draft process just like any team. But I'm being completely honest, this defense, it does have some holes in some spots, and, and majority of that is mainly the depth and a couple key starters that can make this one of those defenses that we watched, like the 49ers and, and Kansas City. But I just think it's coaching, man. And I think the biggest indictment was when you see uh, a Hall of Famer like Daryl Green saying that Emmanuel Forbes is not getting the help that he needs. And he's literally screaming to himself, you give me 10 to 15 minutes and I can help him. And I think with Joe Witt, his background with the um, defensive backs, uh, Jason Simmons' uh, background with defensive backs, this secondary has been probably one of the biggest problems, not only in the Ron Rivera era, but just entirely for a while because of miscommunication and not being able to make plays when you're supposed to make plays. I think they're. I think they're going to get a huge boost, man. I, I think the young guys we have, like Forbes, uh, Quan Martin, uh, Derek Forrest, um, you know, they they are going to strive with those guys being close to them and coaching them up. Now, I will say, from what I have heard about him, he he basically EB but on defense. So I, I want to hear people going to complain. Because you guys were the worst defense in the league last year. And as much as people give EB slack, dude was all about accountability. And that's something we ain't had. And I know this is new NFL, but we ain't been winning. We haven't won anything. So I got to hold somebody accountable. Yeah, so for me with Wit originally, I wasn't excited when we picked him up because I really wasn't in tune on what he really has done. But after the research that I did with him, every I was I'm, I was all in on let's get Al Harris, let's get Al Harris, let's get Al Harris. Um, just a big name, big flashy name. But after looking into Wit, after he was with the Packers, best secondary ended up having about 132 interceptions. He didn't have a few Pro Bowlers like Sam Shield, Trayvon Williams. He just worked with Jair Alexander. He's worked with Blandon Dallas. He's worked with Trayvon Diggs. Just looking at his resume and then just hearing him, like it's it's like he he owns the room. It's a difference. It was like a diff. I was excited with EB's presser, but it was a difference when Witt had his presser. Like it, I don't know what it was, but just a difference. He talking about he just wants to win. He just it's not about 
it's just football. He's just a guy that loves family, football, and God. That's like that. That's just perfect for a team being accountable. He just wanted his chance. You never these these are uh, sometimes these are hidden gems in the NFL that gets passed over on a lot of time. A lot of times just because they don't get that opportunity. So now you got it. Let's see what you can do with it. He had a few little quotes in there talking about ball is life. If it's pretty much like air, that's what I want every corner to think when they wake up, when they see like ball is like, go get it. You see, trying to get an interception, go get it. You see, uh, just just go get it, be aggressive. We haven't had an aggressive defense in a while. So I'm ready to see that aggression. I'm just ready to see them. If players are, aren't held up to the standard, they're just gonna, they're, they just won't be here no more. Um, like, it's no more of those players not playing their positions. If you can't do it, you, you got the coaching staff to do it. If you're not striving, you're just not going to play. Plain and simple. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Like I said before, I'm not really worried about the defense. The defense will get better. Um, I think Dan Quinn and Joe Way, they 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 know what they're doing. And then you bring the the um the guy from from the Raiders, uh Simmons, who you look at their numbers and they were last in the league last year. They were one of the worst as far as the secondary. And this year they were Pretty damn good. Top 15. Um, These are not with big-name guys either. Yeah. Dan Quinn um, drafted A.J. Terrell, and then he was, you know, he he understand. They they know what to do. I'm not tripping on defense. The only thing I will say, players who I'm really curious to see what what they're going to be, um, Quan Martin is one of them. Um, Quan Martin is one of them. Uh, I didn't, I still don't like the pick per se, but it is what it is. I I didn't I did not want us to pick him. It was a little a little too too high for me. Um, Cam Curl, I'm really curious to what he's going to do. Cam Curl always plays plays pretty well. Like I always say, he's going to be a commander, Caleb. I know, I know. He 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 needs to be resigned. That's that's my. I don't need, he will be resigned. That that's don't, my. Don't even think negative. He's going to be resigned. That's my top three favorite player on this team. Um, one player I'm really I might even go say Forbes. I really want to see what what St. Juice when he's going to be in his defense. He had the most um, deflections in the NFL. But he also gave it the most yards. People were picking on him. So Yeah, he's penalized a lot. Yeah. So we're gonna have to see. Yeah, bro. Yeah, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it a stack. I know <laughs> you wanna re-sign these guys and stuff like that. Man. Bro, this defense was trapped last year. Bro. I, I I know. This is a, this is a whole new thing. I, I understand. Slate. Now, I'm not saying they shouldn't. I understand, you know, his value to the defense, but I also know what he ain't got. It might be coaching, but he had no interceptions. He had no okay. real big I, and, and, I, and I understand that. Like, keep telling people, bro, class offseason, people can tell, oh, you don't get picks, you don't get fumbles. Okay. Let, let me look at, let me really go in depth with Cam Curl, what he does. He is valuable. DT, I, Kayla, I don't care. And I'm, I'm going to keep saying, y'all, y'all already know I say this. I don't care what nobody else thinks. He needs to be here. The reason why I say that, the kid is smart. He's, he's, one of, he, he's a smart, intelligent football player. He doesn't get the picks. He, 
he probably will never be a, a ball hawk safety. But what he does do is he knows where to be. And he knows his assignment. He's smart. He's an intelligent player. Quarter, when, I'm telling you, you go and look at the film. In, in, in the and past, you can tell when he's not there and when he's there. You can, that's that's when, how you know a player is special. In, in, you the, can the, tell the, the difference. The, in, in the passing game, in the passing game, when you look at Cam Curl, when you break this down, quarterbacks literally look his way and they have to move off because he has he's taking care of that assignment. I'm telling you, I've seen a clip in Cam Curl against the run where he covered two gaps at the same time. I've literally seen this. It, 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 it's on YouTube. Y'all can look at it yourself. It's a 17-minute clip. I've I'm seen not it. Denying you. I like Cam. I'm not denying you. He needs to be here. He he. He may not ever. He may not ever get the five interceptions, but he, he does a yes, lot. Of, the five interceptions. He does a lot of good, not a lot of bad. I I want him here. I I, I he's mean, a great leader. He's a great he, leader. He's one because I'm I'm telling you, DT. We let him go. We let him go. He will go somewhere else, and he will and he will be he will be all really pro. really good. He'll be all I'm, pro. I'm telling you, just just keep him here, please. Please Look, I, I, I get what you're saying. I'm not, once again, I'm not against what y'all are saying. He is clearly the best defender in the secondary outside a guy like John De Allen and Deron Payne tied together. But what I'm also saying is I'm not in there with Adam Peters, Dan Quinn, and stuff like that. Yeah, I know. And they could be like, well, yeah, maybe I might find somebody a little bit better than you or can do the same thing as you, but cheaper. Or maybe I could do something with Quan Martin and have him your role. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, and- the biggest problem has been with the old regime, they try to have them play too many roles and they didn't progress in the roles they that they should have. They made up their done. own position flex definition. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm just saying, I'm. It's real, bro. <laughs> bro, I, bro, you know who is safe? You know who is safe this off season? I, I get it. You know who is safe this off season? Oh, who's safe? This off season, I'm not talking about next off season. Derek Forrest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like, I, I, yeah, I, I, I like Derek. You know, I'm, I'm just saying. With Cam Curl, I'm, I'm t- bro. We're please. not gonna lose him, Cam. I, I, don't I, 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 I don't, don't want. I, I, I don't want us to overpay him. I don't want us to overpay him. So what is your set? What is your set contract for? Yeah, what, 12, 12, 12 million. No more than that. Twelve mm-hmm. million. No more than that. I'll, I'll give him that. But what I'll, if you want seventeen? I'm not paying you seventeen. He's not, he not. Come on, Caleb. Come on now. I'm not paying him seventeen. But uh, the. I'm 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 just telling y'all, because DT, I, I told y'all, okay, I told y'all last offseason that Sam Cosman would be the best offensive lineman on that line, yeah. and he was. And I'm telling you, you keep Cam Curl, you keep him, please keep him. And and, and if, if we let him go, we let him go. Cool, it is what it is. Ain't nothing I can do. But Cam Curl needs. Those are one of those guys that you keep here. He's one of those guys. He's going to be a communicator on that defense. He's a smart player. He can pick up. He can pick up concepts pretty quickly. He can. I, I have no issue with that because he will go somewhere else and he will be really good. 
That's nasty. This, 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 this guy. <laughs> this <is nasty. laughs> Just but, so, um, yeah, so look, they should sign Ricky Cam Curl, but I'm I'm gonna let them decide what they're gonna do because I'm I'm not in the front offices. Um, he's valuable to the defense. He's a vet. Um, I think he will finally reach that Pro Bowl slash maybe All Pro status with a more aggressive defense, not a defense that gets dictated every single week by not only All Pro and elite quarterbacks, but backup quarterbacks, and let him make plays. So talking about this defense, um, what is one player, um, I know people say Cam Curl, but excluding Cam Curl, who else you think could take a big, big, big leap in this defense? Jamin Davis. Me, Jamin? Yes. That's one, I think his career has been up and down. I do think it was, it was a stretch picking him where we picked up. But I don't believe he was played. Like, each year he's been played somewhere else. Like, he's got given a green dot. He's, like, taking it away. It's like he hasn't been like him. Like, he needs to be physical. He needs to attack the quarterback. Get, let him get to the quarterback in more sacks. Let him be more free on the line. And I think with Dan Quinn, I think they keep he going to use um, Damon the right way. Especially if we pair another linebacker beside him. I think Jamin can really eat, honestly. Mm. Mm. I don't think he's been been another product of bad coaching that we that we have had. Yeah, Jamin. Um, I keep I, I I tell y'all the same thing. To me, he's a poor man's Devin White. If y'all know what Devin White's game is in Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay, yeah, yeah. That's that's what I think he'll be. The Blitz Packers guy, use him off the edge, do some stunts with him. Yeah, I, I do not want him in coverage. No, 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 Maybe around the flats. <coughs> Excuse me. Maybe around the flats, you know, around a lot of scrimmage, you know, running back, leaked out. Yeah, he can make that tackle. But uh, use him around the line. Blitz him. Do more creative things with him. The guy has physical speed. When they drafted him, it's like, he's a, he was raw. He, he was literally a raw prospect. That's literally what he was. He he didn't, he only played like, what, 17 games? Yeah, it was around the COVID time, the COVID year. Yeah, he only played 17 games in his career, in his college career. The kid's raw. Like, he was still a reach, but it is what it is. You got to work with what you got. So, um, like I said, uh, Quan Martin, that's, that's my guy. Um, dude can hit, like, when he, when uh, Witt said, yeah, we're going to be hit, be violent, I immediately thought of Cam Curl and I thought of Quan Martin immediately. And Derek Forrest. Because that young man can hit. That young man can hit. <laughs> you saw that Jaguars game where he, where he knocked Trevor uh, Trevor Etienne back. Yeah, that, that young man can hit. Back healthy. I'm so excited. But um, what yeah, about you, so- DT? I'm going to go and be a little bit different. Um, I don't know if he's going to be the – he probably the de facto starter until they address the edge position. But I think K.J. Henry will probably benefit a little bit. Now, I, I get it, but the reason I say that is Henry played in a very aggressive scheme at Clemson with being moved around and stuff Um he has the power that can get to the edge. I, I saw some flashes. Now, I think with 
the Dean line coaches this year, I think they will try to address some of the things that he kind of struggled with last camp, um, especially with his hands. I think he'll be a good rotational piece. I still think they're going to try to spend big on an edge rusher. Um, maybe maybe a guy like Josh Allen, they able to pry his hands well, or maybe get a guy like Dorrance Armstrong from Dallas who knows the scheme already. But I think that's a guy that I think will I like not a crazy oh. boost, but I think he's going to have um, a lot of reps this year. I wanted to bring in Bryce Huff if we can't get Josh. Yeah, we we can. Uh, people talk. People talk about KJ Henry DT. I get it. How uh, y'all feel about Andre Jones since y'all talk, brought up KJ Henry? I, I I don't know what those guys can be. I mean, we may see something we haven't seen before, but they, I'm not starting like like you said, DZ. They're they're rotational guys to me. They're they're guys that to replace the Casey Two Hills to replace the James. Yeah, yeah, yes, please for the love of God, yes. Um, you you <laughs> you need a full time edge. Um, on both sides, whether you draft one, pick a one in free agency. Do one of those. I, I I'll probably drop the edge in this in this draft too. I think they're going to do both. Yeah, I get Brian Burns, Bryce Huff, get one of those guys. Whatever you get is what you get. Um, the only thing with Bryce Huff though, Kayla, is the pass rush win rate for Bryce Huff is pretty high, but he's not on the field a lot. Not a lot, yeah, because so they got a sim- lot of depth, don't they? Yeah, they got a they, lot of pass rushes. They yeah, draft them they, like we did. The the sample size is very is small. Small. But the ceiling is high. No, no, it's 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 intriguing because I don't know if he can be a starter. I I I don't know if he can be a starter. I I don't because he I don't know how he's how he is against the run game. I don't know. He could be a baby versus the run. You may never know. He may get bullied. Um, You don't want a guy like that. Which Brian Burns really isn't that much of a run stopper either. He's more of a pure pass rusher who will get you ten plus sacks a season. <laughs> he, That's who be... Josh helps in the run game. Yeah, yeah and they run a little bit more than those two. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, that was um, that was that. What y'all guys want to talk about special teams? Are we really going to talk? Oh, about I was actually just going to mention that we need a okay. we need a kicker. We need a kick a punt returner as well. We need a kicker. I, I don't. I I, so. Joey Joey Sly Joey Sly is cool. It's not that guy. Joey Sly's cool. That little thing he did in the preseason, that's shit cool. But he is not that guy. We need a kicker. And you know who I want? I want the kid from Alabama. You don't want Destroyer. I want the kid from Alabama. Get him in the seventh round. I want Destroyer from XFL. So, yeah. I, I could have sworn you guys were going to say long snapper. You guys said long snapper. I was my PDF. Long, long, long snapper ain't, ain't, ain't You hard. can find that a free agency, honestly. We got one now. Just keep the dude we just signed after yeah, Cheeseman. Just, just, just keep the guy. <laughs> Worst pick ever, bro. Could have got a guy. I, I don't know what made them switch his technique. Like, what made him want to switch? Because he was doing he just fine. Was he was doing just fine. He was pretty. He was pretty trash. I'm he sorry. wasn't like trash. trash. To, to, to say a long snapper is trash, we should not be talking about how bad a long snapper is. That's how bad the season was, bro. 
that's how bad our coaching staff scouting department was. That's how bad it was. But these are some things to look forward to in the next episode. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into the combine, and we also want to look a little bit deeper into the coaching staff that we have um, acquired under Dan Quinn. And where let everybody know where you guys can be followed. You can follow me on Twitter, kpal0922. And don't ever forget, it's never Eagles time. Never <laughs> Cowboys time. Never the Giants time. But it is always command time. Go ahead, DT. It was, it was the Cowboys time last week. I'm just saying. We, we got cut. But you guys follow me at D Cleaver Jr. That is my personal Twitter page. Um, we do be in spaces Monday through Friday. Um, I be in the later spaces because of my job. I deal with kids and casuals every day. Um, so, host of the Ins and Out D podcast, also on Only the Huddle and Enter the Lab podcast. Going to have some guests coming in the next couple of weeks because this offseason is about to be crazy for this team. A lot of talks about free agency pickups, quarterbacks talk, and what could potentially be a huge offseason for the Washington Commanders. All right. You can follow me, Caleb. My little thing, you know, my little handler underneath my name. You can just follow me there. What I'm if a, there's a deaf person watching? I mean, blind person watching. Blind person. So C-X-L-E-B-J-X-S-T-I-N, you know. Just follow me there. And I talk, I talk about everything. Sports, uh, diff, different stuff. Miscellaneous person. You can talk to me about anything. It don't even matter. Yeah. But – we're going to be back, y'all. Talk about, you know, we we always here. We always here. Combine start the 26th. Let's go. Man. We are going to be back next week to give you more news on Command Time with Kayla, DT, and now Caleb. Be safe, sure. y'all. Be safe. Got me feeling so free. Free.